I heard you like the little circus peanut. I love those. Put one in my mouth and hope he's going to take it from me with his lips. All right, let's go. Hello and welcome. Thanks for joining us under the library. We are an actual play Call of Cthulhu show and we actually play Call of Cthulhu without scripts and with almost no editing. If you like what we do here and would care to support it, you can head over to underthelibrary.com support where you will find direct links to our first module called The Snake's Oil and to our Patreon account. Both of those things really help us out. We would very much appreciate it. Again, that is at underthelibrary.com support. And if you are a tabletop RPG gamer or GM looking to get more out of your gaming experience, check out our other show. It's called Up Your RPG and can be found wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Arthur. I am playing Buddy. I am joined by Wayne playing Sister B, Emily as Colette, Rick playing Sam, Scott as Eddie, and as always, our keeper is Michael. Michael, the show is yours. Thanks. As a horror tabletop role-playing game set in the Call of Cthulhu universe, we feature mature content played by immature people, uh, including horror and other unsettling imagery. Not safe for Scott is your signal the following information will be graphic. If you're concerned, skip ahead, but stay with us. And if you found us by Googling Blue Bicycle, you might be in the right place. And with that, I'll turn it over to Emily for the last episode's recap. All right. I will find that. Leaving the pharmacy, Sam opens the journal that Belinda gave him and recognizes Joe's hand. Writing, not you understand. <laughs> he heads to the hotel to find Elroy and arrives to see Colette bursting out of the restaurant next door. Sam recognizes her from Richard's house, but she denies it, claiming her name is Lulu. And Buddy leaves the restaurant joining them to support her. Eddie, who hung back to watch for a tale, rejoins the group as Sam frightens Colette with stories of a transmissible disease spread from the facility where she was held. Eddie, realizing he's still ravenous, starts in on a bag of Sam's circus peanuts. Sister B, having killed the first man, pushes Ethan's knife into the second man's body, killing him as well. She pats the men down, but finds no identification or unique traits, only matching burn marks on their biceps. She orders Ethan out of the pharmacy with her, and they return to the convent, where she enlists the nun's help in traveling to the train station as soon as possible. And that was our episode. All right, we left off with Sam furiously trying to find his accent. Sam, did you find your accent? Well, it's an elusive one, but I think I got it. That sounds like it. That was it. All right. You make your way up to the front desk of the hotel, and it's empty, of course, because stereotypically it should be. Yep, and if there's a little ding-a-ling I can tap on, I'd like to just give it a little rat-a-tap-tap. Can can you tell me what that sounds like? Ding-a-ding! Ding-a-ding! Thanks. And shuffling from the back is a man probably in his late 60s or early 70s who certainly looks like he's seen better days. Uh, He has glasses on, but the right frame has no lens in it, and the left one is completely blacked out. And he just looks at you and he says, "Eh, what can I help you with? Well, hi there, sir. Uh, Name's uh, uh, Sam, just from town, and I happen to be visiting uh, Belinda's store across the way. And uh, she sent me over here with a little treat for Elroy. I just was seeing if he was in. Yeah, and he squints at you. And, make and a- I hold up the I hold up the bag. I say I heard these were his favorites. Yeah, let me. It's a good question here. 
He's he's gonna look at you and he's gonna say, "I hadn't seen you around here." But no, I'm I'm a bit new. I, I heard of all these uh, misgivings about the uh, straits. I'm just a, a local veteran who decided to come down and see if I could help out in any way. And how you know Alroy? Oh, uh, well, they sent me over here because they said he was uh, well that. Maybe he wasn't feeling so good, and uh, I, I ran into a few of these folks who uh, seem to have disappeared, and then they just they don't seem right, and I wanted to see if there was anything I could do to help, and I figured maybe a little of his favorite candies would bring him some peace. I don't normally let no folks back to see Elroy unless I know the folks, if you know what I mean, but uh, you're, a little, you're a little too in the know to be otherwise... He said, go around room 131, give a rap on the door. I hadn't seen him walk out today, so he's probably over there. Uh, much appreciated. What's your name, sir? Oh, My name is... <laughs> Why you got to do that to Michael? <laughs> <laughs> my name is Ann Margaret. Uma <laughs> <laughs> <Luma> Thurman. <laughs> I'm Henderson, but uh, everybody around here calls me Henry. Oh, Henry, and I hold up my hand and give him a little shake. Uh, he throws it right into the grip and gives you a big hearty squeeze. Oh, I'm giving a big squeeze back, me in the hand. It's a very nice, appreciate it. I'll, uh, I'll see you on the way out. And I'll, and I'll head on over down and give a little rap-a-tap-tap on room 131. I don't like this mutual squeezing. That. I'm no. gonna go sanitize while <laughs> Colette. Uh, we cut over to Colette. Sure, Colette comes back out of her room, assuming Buddy and Eddie are still outside. If not, she'll go knock on their door. Where uh, are you? Um, I guess if everyone think... would have vanished. I mean, two of us vanished. So, so I, did two you didn't. tell us that you were going to come back to us, or did you just vanish? I just went in my room, had to okay. get these papers. I'm still not quite settled, yeah, as you so might I'm, imagine. I'm going to say, buddy, you know, I think we should probably check on her. I don't think she was doing too good. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Okay. Well, if so, that's the case, I'd probably open the door and find you both standing right outside. Yeah, because it wasn't outside, a very like, long trip. <laughs> yeah, getting ready to knock and we're just like, hey, Colette, I, I just want to make sure you're doing okay. I know that was a little bit tough for you. I apologize if you felt like I was shushing you or rushing you out. I just, I want to make sure that guy wasn't. Look at this. Us. And I hand you two papers. One of them is just written boldly across the middle. They were coming for you. And the other is a photographically rendered drawing of a baby. I, I could see Michael really wanting to clarify that phrase. What? Did I get it wrong? <laughs> no, you Those got it right. Notes. You got it right. You, you got you it right. It, okay. it was the emphasis that he wants to change, but he's, he's got this <laughs> internal struggle. <laughs> change it, Michael. Nope. I, I really, nope, I, I'm actually, your keeper is <laughs> barely functioning tonight and thinking he had that much uh, mental fortitude is giving him a lot of credit. And now I'm speaking about myself in the fucking third. How about this? And, they were coming please... for you. Did I do it? That That's what he wanted you to say. Rock. Y'all just take over. Y'all leave me out okay. of this. Let me try. They were coming <laughs> for you. Or you. What does this mean? What does this mean? I'm, I'll look at him where, and then I'm where did you hand see him, that? Hand him to Buddy. Yeah. So, so where, where where did you see these? I. Did you draw these? Wrote them. I drew them. I just. I wasn't myself for a minute, and then I was. They were in front of me. Collect. I mean, this you know, was the this was from the vision, gesturing at the at the yeah. baby. Colette, do you know who they is in your in your picture? No, I have no idea what this means. I would tell you. Do you know who you is? Are they refer? Are you referring to your? Does this refer to you? Do I know who I am? 
That's, After all this time, now you think I'm crazy. No, that's not what I mean. Now no, you don't trust me. That's not that's Good. not what I mean. No, I I don't think you're crazy at all, and and I totally trust you. What I Do mean I is, who I am. Was this talking about someone else? Were you? Yeah, did you see this you. note? referring I to somebody else. I do not else. know what this means. Okay. It is it, freaking me out. We're, you know, at this point, like with, with this, when you hand us these, I'm going to be like, Colette, is it okay if we come in your room so we're just not having this conversation in public? Come in. Okay. I'll walk away, leave the door open. Mm -hmm. Going in, and I'm going to sort of scan side to side and behind us just to see if anyone's watching or listening. You're inside her room, right? No, well, Before no, we that, were in the we hallway. Were in the doorway. Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Sure, make a you can make a spot hidden. Oh yeah, I got a hard success. Yeah, and think of this like a motor in, right? Like all the doors face the parking lot. So Oh, I was picturing this all internal. Oh, sorry. My fault. Keep okay. or fail. No, yeah, like it, you know, no I was envisioning what you were, Michael. Yeah. For okay. whatever reason. So I, there's no activity in the parking lot. Okay. Okay. Eddie. Yeah. Great. Perfect. Yeah, so head on in. So, I guess I yeah, should have it, asked the keeper before I got all angry and grumpy. Do I know who the you or the they are? <laughs> that note, keeper. I, I mean, ask. I think I think you can tell me. I don't. No. Perfect. So Colette doesn't know. That's Colette for you doesn't to just... know. Perfect. Okay. No. Uh, so Colette, is there anything else that you remember from this vision um, that might give us some clues about context? Like, were you in a room? Were you outside? Were you still back at the at the base? Um, do you remember anything it, about what the room looked like where you saw this baby? Babies. There were there were multiple orderlies, people in white coats. There were infants. Wow, like in like in a maternity ward? Maybe. I mean, it was the same block walls, the same nondescript nothingness that I lived in. It just looked like every other fucking room. Do you ever remember traveling? Do you think they kept you on the base the whole time? I don't remember. I don't remember being anywhere. Keeper. So, uh, was I, I'm sorry, really quickly. Yeah, was I there when you said the thing about having a baby or was I? Yeah, yeah you were at the table. Were, yeah, that was table. before anyone right got up. Table. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm yeah. going to say, Colette, can I ask you just one question? I'm sorry if it's hard. I just, I got to ask, do you have some idea that this is what happened to you with your baby? Do you feel, so in other words, did you feel like you ever gave birth? Do you have a scar of like a C-section? Do you have anything that would tell a story that maybe your body had gone through that process? That's going to be a question for the keeper. Yeah, and definitely you would have, right? C-section? Well, no, not a C-section. You were pregnant. Okay. Remember, you were pregnant. You knew you were pregnant when you arrived at the base. Yeah. And, and then you weren't, right? They told me and, I miscarried, yeah. Right. Um, but you were pretty, you were pretty I was, close. I guess I was far enough along that. Right. It would have. So, yeah. Yeah. Any of kind of those, uh, I mean, there's nothing that would have. Okay. Right. That nothing that would have suggested anything but a miscarriage. Okay. Right. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Right. Then I would express that to you. And, and last question, and this is just, the baby in the picture. Is it visibly alive or is it visibly dead? Or it's just, we can't even tell. Uh, no, its eyes are open. I think okay. you're you would associate it with being alive. Yeah. Okay. Right, so I'm sorry, Art. You were saying. Something. Uh, yeah, I just want to ask Michael. Um, did that base seem like it was feasible for them to house that many humans being hidden? Do they have the resources to easily? Okay. Easily. Okay. Right. It's my right. understanding that there are just floors and floors below ground. Right, that we didn't like right. multiple yeah. buildings. Okay. I, and remember, there's a train station in the yeah, middle yeah. of the base that the train goes mm. into. Right. This is a this is a massive right. facility. There's okay. a train station in the middle of the base, though. Yep. Okay, buddy. So I'm wait. I'm gonna go back oh. a minute because mm -hmm. Buddy asked Colette a question that mm -hmm. she has not answered yet. Okay. Anything else from the visions? Mm -hmm. And I'm. 
I'm going to try to tell you everything I remember. And I don't know if, if it's contiguous. Make a I don't know in this moment as you're thinking hard about it. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. And I, I'm okay. I okay. rolled a 22. I don't know what my sand is, but it's probably more than hopefully more than 22. Yes. <laughs> and, and as you, you're talking to, you're, you're talking to buddy about these and I'll let you describe those in a second, but you mm-hmm. have this really vivid moment of looking down and seeing the hospital gown and your bare feet running under you and feeling the heat of the building on fire behind you. As I was escaping. Yeah. Mm. And go ahead. Okay. And then you can go and you can choose to relay that or not, but it was just kind of a flash to that moment. Yeah. So I will not at this moment relay that, but I will share that. I, so I was saying, I don't know if these visions go together, if they're in order, if they're contiguous, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But I saw, I looked down at myself on a table and I was shackled. I was bound. Somebody injected me with a purple liquid, a syringe. And then it was the nurses and then it was the babies. And I, and that's what I saw. What did that table look like? It was a, table it was just like metal table it was shiny shiny metal yeah is is that what the woman that i saw yeah was would, that, and, and she was she was shackled if i remember right yep right. And i'm gonna i want to turn to you and I'm say buddy when you remember back i know it's hard because they did some stuff to you mm-hmm. do you remember purple liquid when you picture her close your eyes for a second if you gotta and can you picture? Was there was there that same purple liquid in the room with her? Make a pal roll for me on that, okay. buddy. Probably not, but let me see. Uh, pal... Nope, definitely not. Okay, and what Buddy's caught with is he tries to think backwards. If you remember, the the face of the woman was really disfigured. Mm. That vision. Do you remember I that? don't remember that. Yeah, those little like fleshy, knobby yeah. protrusions. Yeah. God, I don't so, remember that. Buddy's really, but Buddy does. And Buddy's okay. Really, yeah. <laughs> and Buddy's really caught up by that vision. It really struck him, and so, uh, yeah. He's, okay. He's not. So I, I don't, I don't remember purple liquid. I, I just remember that her, her face had something wrong with it. Uh, so I'm, you guys were going like this and and saying I'm I'm picturing like pustules. No, it was like fleshy. They they were like protrusions. Some were oh, like gill kind of things. Yeah, but not gills. Just like right, flat. like little, like tie some flesh in a knot. I don't know, like knotty balls of flesh. That's oh. what I visualized stop, from what stop. Michael said. <laughs> and it's a- Come on, uh, naughty balls of flesh. <laughs> and we've named the episode. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Scott. Right. I forgot your warning. Um, so is is that what is that accurate, Michael? I not no. It's more. There were those. There's some of those, but it's also like these flat protrusions that just like they feel they're not like normal anatomical um kind of disfigurations they almost seemed like larger growths on the face okay that that changed the head structure i guess that's what i'm trying to articulate they're not just like they're not just protrusions of the flesh but they looked like actual changes to the physical underlying Uh, uh, to the skeletal part okay so her her face was there was something wrong with her face. It, she had like parts coming out where there shouldn't be parts coming out. And I, I think it was hard for me to see anything else because I was, that's all I could see. And I, I keep seeing it. It was, it was terrible. And with that, I don't know how, oh, sorry. Oh, 
No, go no, ahead. We no, that's a fine place to cut. Okay. Can, All right. And then we'll yeah. cut to Sister B. That's Sister B and up. sisters are in car at a train station and with Ethan and a letter. She, you know, letter is left with the sisters to send to his family and the address is given to sisters to uh, please uh, inform this family that Ethan is okay. And this letter needs to go there and it is in a shaky hand and they may be alarmed, but assure them that you saw him and he was safe. And, and Sister B would see, uh, take out her suitcase and uh, anything they were able to put together for Ethan and throw it in a smaller suitcase or a satchel or a bag. And um, they would uh, look around, and with the help of the other sisters, they would make their way, uh, well, they would be waiting for a train, a train out of town. It's time okay. to go. And Ethan won't let go of your hand, right? He's And he's not young. He's in his early 20s, right, remember? So you basically mm -hmm. have this grown man who won't let go of your hand. Um, the... The temperatures come back to it. It's at least a sweaty palm uh, squeezing your hand now instead of a freezing one. And the train station is quite busy right now. And are you just trying to take the next train out of town? Um, yes. Anything that would be heading in the direction uh, north. Okay, so north. Direction. Yes. Okay. And... Uh, so there's a lot of traffic east and west, and then mm -hmm. Sister B would have paid attention, I'm just going to say, at some point, and knows that at the hub here, there is a set of tracks that uh, splits off in a slightly, it's, it's westerly, but just north of the other, it runs parallel to the other tracks to the north, and that westerly set of tracks is the one that feeds directly into the base. Mm -hmm. So that the trains that go through there go into the base and mm -hmm. uh, you're pretty, pretty southerly. So I guess the route I could extend down into the panhandle of Texas and then would be the southerly route. And then mm -hmm. the northern route would uh, head up towards Colorado. She's and... also good. She'll she, uh, just uh, just just. Because of a sister B and way her brain is working, she's also watching that uh, facility track to see if there's a train that may come, maybe comes by, perhaps slows down, does anything curious. Well, first make a luck roll. Absolutely. Her luck has gotten low. Oh, man. Because I burnt all that luck, she misses it <laughs> by a okay. little bit. And then make a roll a D10. I'll be nice. I'll be kind. 10. Okay. Oh. Mm. And when you go to when you go to buy your ticket for the train, the attendant says, uh, north and south, we, we don't we don't have too much traffic this time of the week. Uh you're probably not going to be able to catch anything until uh late evening at the best and we'll call it mid-morning. So mm. you, you've got a 10-hour wait essentially for the train. Mm -hmm. Oh, Sister B goes, oh, then is there anything that goes uh, east and then uh, at another hub goes north? Uh, yeah, you could uh, you could grab, oh, yeah, you could grab one. Next one will pull out in about a couple hours. Oh, that will do. We'll take a ticket for that one. We'll head east. And she turns to Ethan and he says, it will be okay, holding his hand. And he says, we will get you east. East is good. And then from there, we will make our way. Um, okay. And then she wants to go back to the sisters. Um, but she will uh, have Ethan sit with them and then she will uh, make her way um I don't know if it's sagebrushy, it's scrubby. I'm visioning maybe a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, train tracks are often raised a little bit and there's, you know, it dips down on the far side of perhaps. And she wants to go across the tracks once, you know, if, if they're not busy. I don't know how, you know. I don't know yeah, it's, to... it's not super. Uh, the, the station's busy, but there's no, you know, there's not constant train traffic. Yep. So she wants to go uh, across the train tracks to near the tracks that go to the facility. And she wants okay. to uh, conceal herself and just be quiet there and wait for one of those trains to and get a really good look at one that may be coming in. Um, if she has a couple hours, that's what she wants to do. And leave Ethan in the care of the sisters for the time okay. being and, and get him have have them give him some uh, food. Okay. 
So make a spot hidden, I guess. Mm-hmm. We won't make you roll on your luck for a train. Okay. We had a 40 spot hidden. A 47. That did it. Okay. And fairly regularly, so the most regular trains to come through are ones heading into the base, right? And they don't stop at the train station uh, like the other trains that come through do. And what you notice is that they slow down to a, a you know somewhere reasonable, probably like 10, 15 miles per hour, and but never stop at the train station. There's a switch that goes off and moves them onto that far set of tracks, mm-hmm. and then they go up into the base. Okay, the other question now is I'm getting more interested in because perhaps she's starting to think. Going into facility, you know, the, all the horrible things that are happening in there are coming from there. But according to the map and according to clues and according to these other people she had been talking to, there seems to be connection from this town to this town of Bloodstone, which was on the map atlas that Richard had. So therefore, if one of these trains from the facility is coming out, perhaps to get the Bloodstone... It won't be passenger train. Perhaps one of these trains coming out of the facility has a connection to Bloodstone and is bringing things back and forth. So she hits on that notion. And she goes back to the car and... Oh, this is where... Does she feel obligated to take care of Ethan and bring him with her? That's totally uh, that's totally your character's choice. And that's what I'm going to say. She, at this point, is considering Ethan much like the sisters that she had back in Russia that were under her protection, and she protected at all costs. And she cannot leave him here, even with the sisters in the convent. He has to go. So she, she goes back and tells the sisters that she needs to take Ethan with her across the tracks. And he, she tells Ethan, we are going to some place... Uh, far away. We did not get tickets for this place, but this is the place we need to go. This train, one of the trains leaving this place will be the train we will be getting on. And she's looking at the trains and with her with her knowledge of uh, of uh, sneaking and such like that, is looking for an opportunity and an opening to get herself on one. Curious. Okay. What she's observing then, so th- th- this might be, th- we'll rest on this scene for a minute. It's mm-hmm. S- Sister B paying really close attention over the next few hours to these trains coming and going. And what she notices is that it it is a series of tracks and that some of the trains go through the base and then are routed further west but some of them take a loop back into the train station and then do indeed either head east or north. So essentially they can head in any direction out Mm -hmm. of there. And uh, maybe she tries to, she tries to uh, notice a pattern in with them. And if there's any, perhaps even like with train spotting, looking to see if there's a, a a blue notation or a red notation, a color or a decal on a train. Um, Also, she spent time with a hobo named Pappy who had been riding trains. So she she wants to uh, look for perhaps uh, a slightly open door on, on a cattle car. Okay. Give me another spot hidden. Mm -hmm. RIP Pappy. Oh, there we go. 19 and she has a great spot hit and that is a hard success okay what what she notices then as they exit the facility and then loop and this is this is they're going through the facility so this is Mm -hmm. way on the far side uh Mm -hmm. the ones that had west she's not worried about it all right because they're Mm -hmm. um it's figuring out these ones that head back towards the station and so she waits and she watches them she can tell it's a facility train because if they have a passenger car, it's only right behind the locomotive. And then mm-hmm. after that, that, it's these very noticeably uh, unmarked train cars, right? There's mm-hmm. there's no sort of symbols or anything on them. Uh, the ones that are headed north 
uh, have just a different metal support structure to the cars in the rear and they look sturdier. Uh, they're, they're reinforced like the loads that they're carrying are, are having than, than, perhaps the, than the cars li that, that had liquids, out. stones, things like that. And on that, uh, we'll cut away up to uh, Sam at room 131. Knock, knock, knock. Uh, uh, who, who's there? Well, I'm uh, <clears throat> making a delivery from uh, Belinda's uh, friend uh, from the store of a uh, uh, treat for uh, Mr. Elroy. And the, the door swings open and he says, you've come for the blessings. Oh, have I now? Are you Elroy? I am. Have uh, you come to receive the word? I suppose so. That's wonderful. Come in, friend. Come in. Okay, I'm going to just walk on in here. And you're overcome as you walk into the room. The smell of cardboard just kind of and old cardboard just kind of smacks you in the face. And there's boxes stacked all over this room. And some are kind of collapsing on themselves so that you can tell whatever is in the boxes is really heavy. And uh, there's just kind of a small path for him to get into his bed and a path it looks like probably to the bathroom in the back but uh, uh everywhere else there's boxes wow man i said boy did is, you just what is, the, what is the smell of cardboard remind sam of oh man of cardboard uh, i would say maybe when he was in the wharf you had to like rip open packages yeah. you know of either like you know i don't know cigarette or 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 of um of uh, maybe gunpowder, right, or whatever it would be, like rations, right, that he'd have yeah. to tear open, you know, and eat. And it probably sent him back there just a little bit. Okay, um, perfect. Yeah. And he, you'd see Sam sort of rubbing the scar on the side of his neck, probably just even instinctually. And he would go, boy, uh, are you uh, moving? Or would you just uh, move in or moving out? Me? Yeah. Me? Yeah, you got so many boxes here, and I'm like pointing very. I deliberately. don't want to move. No, but did you did you just move in? Because there's so many boxes. Why do you got so many boxes, oh. Elroy? Oh, the boxes. And I start to move towards one of them. Don't touch them, please. These right here, but don't, there's so many. Don't touch them, please. Okay. Is there something in them that's delicate or fragile, Elroy? They're all my memories. They're your memories? Yeah. So what's inside the box? My memories. Well, what's inside this one right here? And he <laughs> screams as you... Like, I didn't just... point. I didn't touch it. I didn't oh, touch you didn't it. touch. Just, oh, okay. I just was okay. pointing at the box. I'm not touching his box. Oh, okay. All right. I no boundaries. I need consent to touch. Yeah. Perfect. All right. So you point at the box and he says, well, uh, that's 1922 to 1923. Uh, wow. And, and that's just, it's got pictures in it or mementos. Uh, do you want to see one? Please, I'd be enthralled. Are, are those for me? Oh, he sees this little bag. So they are, Elroy, because I heard you like a little circus peanut once in a while. Am I right? Or am I right? I love those. And I'll take, I'll actually open the bag and I'll take one out and I'll kind of do the like, I'm going to toss it into his mouth sort of a thing. You know, like, can he catch god. it? Oh, oh god. <laughs> so weird. So weird. <laughs> Just so fucking creepy. Why? So good. What is he, a lab Labrador Retriever? 
And then uh, I put one in my mouth and I sort of go like this and hope he's going to take it from me with his lips. <laughs> um, so you open throw... up. No, I'm just. <laughs> I don't throw it at him. I'm waiting to see if he's going to react, you know, do the like mouth open. I'm going to catch it. He's getting a circus beauty in his eye. Uh, and about that time you hear a knock on the door frame behind you and he said and you hear the man from the front desk Henry say are you here to mess with Elroy oh no 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 there Henry I'm uh, it just seemed he really enjoyed these peanuts, and we were just about to, uh, he's just about to tell me about uh, his uh, one memory box here. I'm really intrigued. Because uh, huh. uh, you you don't seem like you're being too kind to Elroy. No, no, I got a little young uh, uh, boy myself, and uh, he just reminded me of little Amos, and uh, sometimes we play this little game, and, uh, and I'm saying these, these are certainly for him. This 50-year-old man reminds you of your 12-year-old boy? How, how do you know how old his son is? I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, wait a minute. How do you know how my boy and I, And I said, well, he seemed, uh, he seemed uh, like a very kind-hearted uh, person. Yeah, he uh, took care of everybody in the streets until he disappeared on the base. And when was that? I heard about this. It's so it's an unfortunate incident. Is he acting different? That's what everyone else said. Yeah, he's different. He won't leave the room. Protecting his memories. And what the hell are you doing throwing circus peanuts at him? That's what I want to know. I did not throw the. I, or to be fair, I did not throw anything at the boy or at the man. I'm not saying this to him, saying this to the keeper. I just had it in my hand, uh, and I and I and I and I'm like, oh, not at all. And I and I give him the bag, uh, Elroy, and I have a circus peanut in my hand, and I I take a bite. You said you wanted to see if it hit him in the face. No, I didn't yeah, I, say that. I, I think I heard him say that too. I, I, no, no, I, no, I, Scott, I think that was me, Scott. Oh, yeah, oh. thank you, buddy. Somebody else said that. <laughs> I said he was getting a circus peanut in the eye. And I think I said he was going to slap it gently against his chin. <laughs> <laughs> that tracks. So what were you going to do with that circus peanut? I can... just want... He can feed himself. You can just pass in the damn bag. And I and I and I and I've given him the bag. And I say I say, oh, I just was having a. Uh, he seemed he seemed like a fun spirited uh, person. He seemed uh, maybe a little. Uh, uh, I don't want to be crass here, but maybe a little. Um, I don't know. Um, uh, had the same spirit as maybe a child. He's ever been as smart as he's ever been inside there. He's just, he don't relate to us like he used to. But I can tell you, if you mess with him, I'm going to come right back. And he picks up a shotgun from the side of the door that he had leaned up, and he just stares at you. I say I put my hands up. Oh, no, sir, no trouble here. I'm simply uh, trying to help. That's all. I'm so sorry. Yeah, and uh, and I'll turn to uh, turn to Elroy, <laughs> and I'll say, I'll say, uh, now what about that uh, that box there? I'm so excited to hear about what you got in there, uh, sir. That's wonderful. I'm I'm so excited, and he's like eating a circus peanut, and he grabs the box and he puts it down, and uh, pulls out a reel for like a reel to reel, and. He sets up a projector and um, on the wall in front of you, uh, he starts playing his home movies of his family. And 
Sam, you realize at this moment that you might be there a while. <laughs> and if I recognize that, I'll say, I'll say, uh, Elroy, do you have a, this, this, this uh, gripping film here, do you have a drink I'd love to enjoy with it? Maybe we share something. Oh, absolutely. And he goes and uh, he gets a glass. He only has like one glass on his sink and he fills it with water and he brings it back and gives you a big glass of water. I said, oh, I mean, anything uh, stronger. And I'll give him a wink and I actually pull out, I pull out my flask and I say, uh, care for a nip here. And, and he just kind of looks at you funny and says, I hadn't had a nip and hang on. And he pulls out another box and he pulls out a reel from, and he looks at it and he goes 1933. And he puts that in the reel to reel projector. And he starts showing you uh, this tape at his son's birthday party and he's making drinks for everybody in the background. He goes, see, I'm right there. And I was making drinks for everybody. Oh, wow. And I'll go, and what's the most recent? Thir sorry, thir 33 would be, I'm sorry, 33 would be way too early. Uh, he would say from 1940. So yeah, a, okay, a, that makes more, more sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I would say, I would say, and what's the most recent one you have here, Elroy? And, and, I, and I just casually take a sip of the flask and I and I kind of like hand it over to him as, as we're looking at this. And hmm, oh boy. Is, is this like uh, feeding the gremlins after midnight? <laughs> and he looks over at the flask and he smells it and he says is this whiskey? Oh, you got a good nose on you there, Elroy. And you know what? It pairs real well with these circus peanuts, and I take another chomp. It's true. It does. And... Scotch goes well with circus peanuts. <laughs> and he he takes the flask, and he just starts drinking it down, like the whole thing. <laughs> and as he does... Sam gets a look on his face, not unlike Rick's face in this moment, where he realizes that that might be a terrible mistake. And we'll cut over to uh, Colette and Buddy and Eddie. So at this point with the story about the, the, the infants and what happened to Colette, it sounds like they're doing something around pregnancy. Like, So I'm going to say... Listen, uh, buddy, I, I'm feeling like I got to get back in touch with someone at the Bureau. I know I don't trust a lot of people there. I got a friend. His name is Johnny Dante. I'm going to just give him a call. I'm going to send him some of my information. I, I feel like you're if not going to mention me. I will mention your name. I give you my word. But this is not about you. This is a much bigger story now. And there's stuff going on. Johnny's been tracking things as well. And I just, I want to get someone else at the bureau to know things. I don't trust that piece of shit, Miss Missing that we saw a little bit ago. I'm not telling him a thing, but Johnny Dante is someone I can trust. So you keep talking to Colette, got more information. And I've been sort of taking notes. I say, I took notes, Colette. I don't have your name down. I'm not going to ever tie it back to you, but I let him know about the work that we've been doing together, buddy. I'm just going to let him know what's up. I want to get an update here and I might have you have a talk with him just because I think he's someone that you should also get to know. Colette will just say Lulu, right? And give you a little wink. <laughs> it's the perfect name. So I'll say, so you keep going. I'm going to go back to the room and I'm going to give him a call and give him some of the information. Okay. Just whatever else you find out, buddy, just write it down for me. Okay. I will. So I'll head over to our room and uh, you, we can sort of shut, I'm assuming you don't have to do it, but I'm going to call my friend Johnny and just give him a download on everything that's been happening. Okay. Uh, do we have more to cover, Emily? Is there... Um... Colette 
would like to see a doctor. Tests. Purple liquid. Mm -hmm. Possibly a head exploding disease. I don't know what. I mean, possibly I gave birth. I need to see someone. Okay. I need Uh, answers. I can't remember. Does Buddy know the doctor? Maybe Sam knows someone. He seems to be from the town, right? That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, I just can't remember if, if because I, I obviously Joe does, but I, I don't I can't remember if Buddy had any interaction with mm. with that doctor. No, the only no? people that were there were Pappy and Sister B in the lobby and Colette okay. and Sam and Joe. So everybody else. Okay. Um but Colette Colette was in the doctor's office originally, right? Right, yeah. but Colette doesn't know she wants a doctor she can trust to be quiet. Okay. She doesn't know anything about this doctor, mm-hmm. so she would still prefer to ask around before just. Okay. Well. Oh, I know where there's a doctor. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe maybe we can ask uh, Mr. Wagoneer. Um, uh, he said he was going to see somebody named Elroy here, right? Yeah. Intercede. This is Scott. No, didn't you stalk them in a doctor's office, or am I not remembering? That's what That's, Art just said, yeah. but yeah. I said that. That's not necessarily enough of a reason that I would trust that doctor. Mm-hmm. Fact, I don't know inter- anything about that doctor. And the interaction wasn't that great at the doctor's office. Mm-hmm. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't great either. So I could see that. I'm looking for somebody that I could trust to have discretion. Mm-hmm. Especially um, in this town. So maybe I can find Mr. Wagoneer before he leaves and see if he knows somebody. Yeah. Okay. Um so are are you okay if I if I go and walk around and see if I can find him? Yeah, or I'm fine. You, okay. I I can take care of myself. Oh, I I know that. I just want to make sure you're feeling okay right now. <laughs> I'm not feeling okay right now. Do you want to come with me? Go find Mr. Wagoneer? Sure. Okay. It's better than sitting here and thinking. Okay. Um, so we'll head out and go to the front desk. Okay. Mm -hmm. And there you would find, uh, Henry, Mr. Henderson, Mm -hmm. uh, same description as the, the guy that Sam ran into earlier. Okay. We probably know him. Yeah. Uh, Oh yeah. That's yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It's Mr. Henderson. You said, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Henry. Henry. Yeah. His, his, his full name's Henderson, but everybody calls him Henry. Okay. Hi, hi, Mr. Henderson. Uh, there, there was a man who who came in here just a little bit ago. Uh, Mr. Yeah. Wagoneer, kind of, kind of yeah. old guy. Yeah. Uh, we're we're trying to find him. Uh, is he still here? Do you know? Yeah, he's over. He's over in Elroy's room. But uh, I told him I was going to put both barrels into him if he didn't shape up. Okay. Well, we 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 had a couple of questions for him. You know uh, him. Well, uh, we met him a couple times. Can you uh, vouch for him? No, I, I don't know if I'd say that. Um, I mean, he—I I think he's got good intentions, but uh, I don't know. Um, is it okay if I go over he did and punch and, my partner in the face? <laughs> is it okay if I go and and talk to him for a minute? I don't want to interrupt or anything. Yeah, I think I'll walk y'all over there because, uh, especially if you can't vouch for him, I want to make sure everything's copacetic in that room. Uh, okay, I'll follow you. All right, and so he takes y'all. So if it's a if it's a motor in, you could imagine there's a, a front side of rooms, and then the 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 desk is on kind of the end, and then there's a back side of rooms. I would imagine y'all would have all requested your rooms on the back side anyway. And so sure. uh, you're essentially walking to the to the front side, and uh, there's a door cracked open for room 131, and Henry knocks on it, swings open. He says, "Elroy, you doing all right in there?" And uh, Elroy, uh, Sam, and Elroy are deep into a film. Um, as Elroy's rubbing his head and he says, 
I'm okay. I I don't feel so well though. My head kind of hurts. And we'll cut to Sister B. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, no. Sam needs to survive until I find a doctor. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I think we can find a doctor without Sam. To, to be to be fair, and we'll cut sister B, but Sam, this would be alarming to Sam. Uh, no, I, I, I yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we're all aware. <laughs> yes. We're all aware. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> oh, please, please let it happen. This is why we cut. To, this is why we cut to Sister B. This would be the tension of the episode. Yeah. <sighs> Elroy is going to take oh. a long ride in a pickup truck. Oh. So Sister B is patiently waiting with a suitcase and Ethan, uh, and once again observing uh, trains going and just looking looking for opportunity opportunity for perhaps uh, squeezing onto train. But if opportunity does not uh, arrive, sometimes you have to make opportunity. So she she looks around and and perhaps there's an opportunity to drag something onto the track or if there's a switch that could be, you know, they have those metal metal switches that could uh, you flick them to red so that, you know, the train has to, it has to stop so the, the switch isn't correctly switched and the engineer might see that. So she's been observing that for a while where she's trying to see if there's a way to interrupt the train so a train has to slow down a lot or even stop. Okay. And... I, this one I think follows under an intelligence role. An intelligence role. That's what I was thinking. Okay, right. and that's good because she's got decent intelligence. Oh my god, she hit it just on the nose. Okay, and so I think where we'll close then is Sister B turning to Ethan and saying, "We need to run up uh, in Sister B's wonderful accent, which I can't do. We need to run up the tracks. Come on, I have an idea." We and need then, to run up the tracks. Come on, Ethan. I have idea. And, and that is going to do it for us tonight. And thank you for joining us. Uh, again, remember that we are doing two episodes per week now. So whenever you hear this, there will be another one in just a couple days. Until then, you can find us at underthelibrary.com. Again, we do have another podcast. Please check that out. It's called Up Your RPG and can be found wherever you get your podcast content. So until next time, for me, for Michael, for Scott, Rick, Wayne, and Emily, thanks so much for joining us, and we will see you next time. Thinking he had that much uh, mental fortitude is giving him a lot of credit. I suppose so. You can take some time to figure out your accent. And I think I said he was going to slap it gently against his chin. (laughs) Well, that's why they call him the helping hands. First in to come out. That's wonderful. Well, boy, that sounds really fucked up. Just so fucking creepy. I don't want to be crass here, but maybe a little, um, I don't know. Um...